I'd rather eat humble pie than my words. <laughs> Much like Florence Pugh in Don't Worry Darling, I'm carrying the drama. <laughs> Wait, that was, have you seen the movie? Of course, of course. Is it worth go? I know it's like, yes, of course it is, but like, is it worth going? No, not, I mean, okay. <laughs> not really. I think that if you've, right. been, if you've enjoyed the Twitter drama and all of the press junket stuff and all mm -hmm. of the, the different stories that have entailed, don't worry, darling, you will not enjoy the movie. <laughs> like, that's, I think, what I will say, because the, the movie is not that good dramatically. I think Florence Pugh is amazing, but she really does carry the stakes of that film. Like the film is really, the script is really bad. Like the, the, the film is really poorly written and has a climax that is just like a wet fart of a twist. It's like so unimpressive on the script level. Um, and I, I honestly, yeah, it's, it's so bad. But I, but I, you know, all in all, I thought the casting was Gorge. Like, I actually thought Harry was very good. Um, oh! I thought that, I think the production design is really good. Um, but aside from those things, uh, it's, I don't, I don't think it's, it's like a perfectly fine slash maybe below fine movie. I mean, Chris Pine is in my like top three favorite Chris's. Oh, really? I don't know yeah. if I have any favorite Chris's. Oh no, my favorite Chris is Jenner. Um, so, uh, <laughs> of course, of course. Not to get into it right away, um, but yeah, no. I, I, Chris Pine. I mean, he was great in the, in the movie as well. Um, I, like I said, the casting. I, I really, I thought every single character was per, like gorgeously cast. Mm -hmm. um, but no, it was it was. It was uh, Rose and I just talked about this on um, today's episode. Sorry, Thursday's episode of Like a Virgin. So if you want a more comprehensive take, you can hop yes. on over there. Yeah. I mean, I have seen, I'm going to listen to that episode post haste. Mm -hmm. And I have seen that, like, did Harry spit or not spit video 70,000 times. Yeah. Which, like, is just the internet being stupid. Like, I know, Chris I Pine wasn't even involved dumb. in the drama. But, like, if I Chris know. Pine was spat on, like, God, that would be so hot. <laughs> Honestly, even if he wasn't and it was just a matter of finding his sunglasses so he could put them on during the movie and take a nap, that is an iconic reaction. The way he's like, oh, my God, I'm so dumb. Look, at that's where they were the whole time. I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> oh, also, God. Harry and Olivia refusing to stand next to each other on the press line, even though they're, like, literally still dating. Yes. Fascinating. Are they confirmed still dating? Because there's some reports that maybe they've since broken up but are keeping the breakup under wraps or something like that. So she went to his last couple shows okay. at MSG. Okay. And they have – and there's, like, video and photos of them canoodling. I'm so – into the behind the scenes of that fucking movie more than I am interested in seeing the movie, except yes. I actually think, and I love Florence. I think she's, she's of course phenomenal, but I actually think maybe the drama made me possibly more interested in seeing it. Oh Is yeah. Weird? Definitely. I mean, it was number one in the box office because of the drama. I don't really think there's any other reason for it to be the number one movie. <laughs> In America for a weekend, you know, and uh, but yeah, I, I um, 
I will always be a, a Florence Pugh stan. I really loved mm. Olivia Wilde before all of this stuff went yeah, down. And same. now I have like such a kind of, I don't know, I, I've, I'm kind of feeling really not great about this whole experience. Though I will say like, if I, you know, found myself falling in love with Harry Styles at my place of work, mm. I would not, uh, there's no way I would be able to control like my professional impulses. Like I, 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 I actually can empathize at least with that. Um, that doesn't excuse it, of course, but I can say we are all human and Harry Styles is gorgeous. And he was really, he was, I thought he was a great actor. I think that the flack that he got on Twitter didn't make any sense. And also he has a British act. The character has a British accent in the movie. So I don't really know why people are freaking out about the accent thing. They said that he did a bad British accent, I think, which, which is a special kind of talent when you're British. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I guess so. It is. Well, I don't know. I, I just like, I, I honestly watching the movie, I never, ever, ever would have noticed the accent at all. If, if it wasn't pointed out to me. And I think that's honestly how I felt about watching um, House of Gucci. Like, God, mm. everyone was making fun of Gaga's accent. Oh but God. then I watched the movie and I was like, if no one had pointed that out, I never would have thought about it. I fucking lo- I went to that. I uh, shout out my friend Greg, who was like, we have to see it in a movie theater immediately. And we went and it was wonderful. <laughs> it was wonderful. But the Olivia Wilde point is an interesting one because I do feel like the lights turned off in my spirit like as soon as this happened because to me it's not just about like stooping Harry it's about treat allegedly treating Florence really poorly on set which to me is like I really loved Booksmart I really enjoy Olivia but all of a sudden it was an immediate I just had an immediate response physical response of like oh I don't trust this person anymore like I just don't yeah and honestly when you watch the film anybody that's seen the film uh can attest that has a really thinly veiled um grab at some kind of feminist like some kind of like feminist mm. uh, like anthem and it, it actually it's really poorly done. Like they're, they're what what I think what the film offers and what Olivia Wilde's direction offers in this film is really shallow and unexplored, unnuanced. I I think that like I'm trying to like talk about the movie without like giving away spoilers and stuff that. like that. Because, no, I appreciate that because it is like the the whole twist of the movie is the thing that people are working toward, and also um, it's uh, it's like the worst part of the movie, so it's hard to not talk about. But I feel like, I feel like from the twist and what you learn from the film, you're like, oh, this is what Olivia Wilde thinks feminism is. Um, And when the movie ends, you're like, wow, there really isn't that much about this movie that is about feminism. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just kind of like misogynists are bad, right? You know what I mean? Like, you know, it doesn't really say anything. Well, you know who's back to say an awful lot? Today's guest. You know them as writer, TV filmmaker, and host of the podcast, Like a Virgin. I am joined by none other than Fran Torado. And Fran, I do want to shift gears a little yes, bit. Yes, please. Because we had such a fucking exceptional week for housewives Mm -hmm. you know shout out atlanta god bless but i have to say specifically beverly hills this week Mm -hmm. and the salt lake city premiere Mm -hmm. gave us so 
much to dine out on <laughs> so much and i want to talk salt lake city but i just we just i just watched beverly hills let's a start with time. beverly hills yeah we we just need to talk about it what was your how what has your process been like watching this season so far I would say that the number one thing that I'm thinking about leaving every episode this week, which I will say as a season, not an amazing season as Beverly Hills, yeah. but mm -hmm. the thing that I can't stop thinking about is unfortunately Erica Jane. And I, oh. I, yes. And I think I said this last time on the pod, but Erica Jane used to be my number one favorite. She could do no wrong in my eyes. And I just mm -hmm. like out of any franchise, like she was my number one and I really worshipped her. And even mm -hmm. when all this shit went down in the last season regarding, you know, Tom Girardi and the case, like mm -hmm. I, I still was tr finding reasons to defend her and still mm -hmm. do to this day feel that she is unfairly crucified for the mistakes of her like shit bag of a husband and that that is another form of misogyny. You know, that is just another form of misogyny, you know, like punishing women for the mistakes of men is something mm. that like we don't need to be doing. Um, but now that we have these very real on screen moments of Erica still showing virtually no remorse, um, to how she is complicit and does have a part to play in something that is really evil, even if she is not 100% responsible, I think is just really damning and pretty irredeemable. My good, can you imagine, and I'm saying this more to the listenership, having your number one, because that's how so many people felt when Erica mm -hmm. Jane, she was a breath of fresh mm -hmm. air. She also seemed to have wealth that was like mm -hmm. undisputed, mm -hmm. where she was just shitting money. And because mm -hmm. Tom was a household name, there was a trust there. There was an understanding that we seem to have that Erica was the real deal. And to watch this house of cards fall apart I can't imagine from a personality perspective, the house of cards of Erica Jane, how that would be to process as an Erica fan. You know what it is, is um, Erica, unlike all the other Beverly Hills girls that have come, you know, through this franchise, really was untouchable before the court case. Mm. Like she had maybe two little like um, kind of angry meltdowns that she very perfectly and concisely and quickly took accountability for and apologized for. Like she, I think that was like something that is just not demonstrated by other housewives pre-court case. Like she was able to have a meltdown and then the next day be like, hey, that happens sometimes, I'm human, but also it shouldn't happen. And like, you know what I mean? Like I've always appreciated Erica's ability to nip her own behavior in the butt and also just like always have good jokes, always have good confessionals. I personally mm -hmm. think she has the best taste in terms of how the girls dress, which not everyone agrees with me, but I do think she has the best taste. Um, and even though that isn't that great of taste, like I'm just saying she, I'm not saying she has amazing taste. I'm just saying she has the best taste. She had anyone. the best team. Yeah. I also yeah. think she had the best team. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just felt like, yeah, she was, she was really untouchable. And now it's just like the veil has fallen. And, um, and honestly, that kind of happened to Kathy, too. Like, Kathy really was untouchable when she was in the cast. She did not have 
a single slip up. She was the most beloved. And if you, you know, if you took all the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and had them in a little ever-rotating power hierarchy at the end of each episode, right? Because the hierarchy of power and the power kind of dynamics between each housewife is constantly shifting around. At a certain point, Erica Jane was at the top. You know what I mean? Mm. And then I think that during this, like, meltdown season, I really felt like Kathy was at the top. She wasn't involved in the drama, but she, because of that, I felt like she was at the top. You know what I mean? Nothing could touch her. Um, and now, both the you know, they're both kind of fallen from grace here. How far do you think that Kathy has fallen, truly? Like, at, what's your reaction to this, your personal opinion of Kathy? How has that changed, if at all? God, I'm going to have such unpopular takes. Like, I think Kathy is amazing, and I really miss Kathy from last season. Mm-hmm. Um I try to consume the housewives only in the world of housewives. Like I'm not an offline like housewives consumer. I do not follow a single housewife on social media. I do not consume a lot of the drama unless it's like this court court case stuff that is usually like just, you know, too hard to resist. Yeah. But Kathy, I just know to be evil. Like I, I, do not what? Yes, I, 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 I love her as a character in Housewives, but someone who is that rich and that privileged it has to, has to be evil. And I, I, I think that there is lots on the record prior to the show for us to know why that might be true, you know. But I, I'm, I'm sure that she is racist. I'm sure that she's classist. I'm sure that she's, like, emotionally unavailable and, like, treats people like shit, treats people in the service industry like shit. Like, I, I just have, I just think that she is a textually bad person. And I think that we are seeing a little bit of that for the first time in the franchise. I can't <laughs> imagine. <laughs> Sorry, I'm giving you a, I'm giving you a little bit of a face. Yes. I, I do think that there's something to be said for like the price of capitalism mm-hmm. and of wealth on that at that level and what it takes to keep it, mm-hmm. which is to me, I don't know. It, it connects to the housewives universe. Certainly, but I don't know about how her extreme wealth has necessarily impacted her character more than her character developing in, like, childhood. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that there's very complicated aspects to Kathy that make it difficult for her to communicate, Uh especially in the scene that we saw with Rinna. But I personally, I don't think she has, in Rinna's words, a black heart. If I look at the character of Kathy versus the character of Rinna, for example, I think Kathy is much, much more complicated. Mm. But I personally am unwilling to paint the picture of her that Rinna assumes we all agree with and believe. I just don't, like... The idea of like anybody at that level of extreme wealth, yada, yada, how they treat people. I'm unwilling to I I don't agree that Kathy necessarily treats 
people from a classist perspective worse than other people in this cast. I, I don't I don't believe that take. I I would think honestly, genuinely, if you work with Kathy Hilton at whatever on whatever project versus working with Rena, I don't mm. know which one of them I I my instinct is like Kathy is going to be easier. And to me, it's one of these things of like, I was a, um, a theater producer on a, on a gala for many years that I produced on Broadway and off Broadway. And I worked with a lot of Tony winning performers mm. and incre- TV stars, incredible people. The easiest people to work with were the ones who were most successful because they were comfortable and confident in their skin. They didn't need to prove anything. And I don't get that vibe from Lisa Rinna. I get a chaotic, manic energy of her constantly trying to prove herself to the disservice of whomever she has targeted, regardless of their behavior. I just, I personally don't believe that, uh, you know, inside the Housewives universe, and to be honest, outside of it, I don't think that Kathy is worse to be in a room with than some of these women. I would Mm. argue she's probably a lot better. You know, I would say that as far as, like, horrible wealthy person behavior goes, especially when it gets to, like, horrible wealthy person and how that just, like, there's a byproduct of racism that just comes with that, I'm sure Diana is worse than her, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, my God, I forgot yeah, Diana. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah, same, same, same. the conversation yeah. about wealth I'm, and I'm, I forgot I'm, Diana existed. I'm, I'm sure Diana is worse than her. I also know from my friends that have personal experience that Erica is horrible to people in person. So I can, I can, we're making a lot of friends on today's episode. I can, I can cop to that. Um, And I also think that Dorit, and I think that, you know, Dorit is probably, no, I think that Sutton is also probably horrible. Um, And I, but I do, but I do think that Sutton and Kathy Hilton are on like the same level of kind of like, racist that like I actually like just am deeply allergic to and can smell from a mile away and like I I think it like started with the like watch what happens live thing where she called where she saw a picture of Lizzo and said was like is that precious or whatever like that is like I don't care how removed you are from pop culture there's nothing really excusing that um and I I feel like it reminded me of the fact of where she comes from, right? And so when you think about, you know, her family ties to, like, Michael Jackson's family and, like, that weird moment around, like, requesting Michael Jackson music or earlier Mm -hmm. in this season when, earlier in this season when Kathy was inserting herself in the conversation, she was like, my good friend Michael Jackson told me not to see race. Like, I really don't see race. It's like, that to me is so, like... Like, sniff, sniff, I know exactly what kind of person you are. And then, you know, on top of that, like, when you see the kind of person Paris Hilton is, you know, like, Paris Hilton has been on the record saying that, like, all gay men have AIDS and that she's, like, said the N-word many times on the record and all this different stuff. It's like, where do you think she learns that behavior, girls? Like, in wealth. Like, she learned that in a very protected household. And, like, to break down this kind of scene between... Kyle and Kathy and Rinna, which I think was the most interesting from this this last episode. Mm. Kathy, to me, is 
a, a perfect example of what I think Housewives out, outlines as an argument for wealth as a disease, a disease that you choose that deteriorates your brain and makes you incompetent in every area of your life. Kathy is unable to demonstrate true accountability. She's unable, I think, to really mend things with Kyle because at the end of this conversation, I don't think Kyle really felt good about it, even though she's trying to move on. You know what I mean? Like, I don't... And then, like, in the case... Like, I just... I don't know. I, I just don't see Kathy as like a functional human being. It's you are. And I honestly responding. didn't. I didn't yeah. even come yeah. on the pod to like demonize Kathy. These are just my honest, raw, like human reactions. I was like, this is the hum- This is the behavior that I've picked up on from her. Well, I think it's helpful and important to hear different perspectives. And it's like AG isn't necessarily the place where a person should go to only hear how they think. I think that's actually sort of a disservice when we're talking about examining women's behavior through housewives. Mm -hmm. If we are only agreeing with each other or only seeing and reacting to the same things, I, I don't know. It becomes sort of too comfortable. One could argue that Kathy last season had an extremely comfortable season. Yeah. Both in terms of her treatment by members of the cast and the response and adoration she got almost universally by the public, by the audience, social media, whatever else. And this season is in many ways sort of an answer to that. This is a little bit of the second season curse for a friend of, but for someone whose name is certainly at the tier of Housewives, LOL, if not far exceeding that. She's more important and more interesting than a lot of the cast members in Beverly Hills right now because, what, they're like 12, it feels like there are 12 girls in this season. They're like essentially nine cast members, including Kathy. Like, as a friend of, she's like almost a cast member at this point. Right. She's so integral to the drama. But I don't know. I, I... I just, um, she's not my least favorite person on the show. I just don't really fuck with her. Um, and I I honestly think, like, her walking up to Kyle's house to make, a, to do this kind of, like, like, um, this apology that she's been forced to do, quite honestly, and the fact that she plucked flowers from her sister's own garden, walked, I don't think this is like horrible behavior. I just think it's hilarious and like the perfect encapsulation of who she is, plucks flowers from her sister's own garden, walks up to the doorstep and gives them to her. It's like, it's like, it's like that to me actually is exactly who Kathy is. It's like, she actually doesn't even know that what she's doing is wrong, but I think that when you have a certain level of wealth and power, the ignorance is bliss excuse doesn't fly with me. Like, it's like, I don't even, I know that you don't know what you're doing is bad, but someone in your world needs, has told you already that it is bad and you're not listening to them. Why do you think that anyone in her world has told her anything she does is bad? Because she's what, like what basis a, do you have because she's like a thousand years old. Like she ha- like there's su- there has been at least one person who has said at one point, "Hey, that was racist. Hey, we don't say that anymore. Hey, that's inconsiderate. Hey, take accountability for your actions." But the wealthier and wider you are, the more you kind of ignore those like those points of feedback. And surround yourself with people that tell you, yes, you're perfectly fine to do whatever you want, you know? But maybe I'm being too harsh on her. I don't know. 
I just, it's so interesting, genuinely, that you had this reaction. And I think it's incredibly important to hear and for people to listen to. I just personally had a very, very different response. It's hard for me to, um, it's hard for me to rank character and put Kathy's wealth and the access and power that has given her and the barrier it has seemingly afforded her from accountability, from in some ways like reasoning, because I don't see that in watching this scene. I see a woman, I see the, I see a traumatic, potentially toxic relationship cycle mm. with Kim, who was in the room, regardless of whether or not she has filmed in the last however many years, Kim was in that fucking room sitting behind Lisa, not spiritually. Oh. I mean, she oh, wasn't oh, really there. You're oh. giving me a face like, no, no, no. Sorry. I was like, she Spirit was in the room. No, oh. her vibe, her yeah. energy and her history in the construct of her relationship with her sisters and with Lisa Rinna, that spirit and that energy to me was like distributed between Kathy's memories, Kyle's denial, and Rinna's refusal to acknowledge. Like, I watched that scene and I watched the way Kathy and Kyle were unwilling to reference the core issues of their relationship mm. because maybe neither of them really know. No, yeah. And then watching someone else essentially taunt Kathy for not being as good a sister as Lisa Rinna is portraying herself to be. Like, I don't leave that scene. Th the p Honestly, genuinely, her plucking the flowers because she wasn't thinking... She's already giving her sister a little bit of a gift, yeah. honestly. Uh -huh. That's more than, like, a bouquet from her outside garden. Uh -huh. Her plucking flowers to me was, like... LOL. It was funny. To it me, was LOL to me. Yeah, it was. And I don't think it was a I, I could understand the symbolism of it, but I just personally disagree. I, I thought what was so fascinating from the perspective of caricatures and compassion was Rinna genuinely gleefully telling Kathy in the moment in front of a camera crew that what Lisa Rinna was going to do and was doing in the moment was to tell everyone that Kathy was bad. Mm -hmm. That was the thing. And Kathy is crying to me, genuine, referencing something that's happening with somebody who's dying, which I was like, what the fuck is going on? But like maybe breaking through or whatever or saying the thing that she didn't want to reference and Lisa Rinna is laughing at her. That is what I took out of this scene was like, this is a wild moment but not one in which I blame Kathy Hilton who I think is a very complicated person and uh, in a very complicated fractured relationship with her family I look at Rena and I'm like oh this is so insane what you were trying to do yeah. it, was, it was giving me black heart I was getting black heart no I, I think Rena has I think Rena's look at Rena's rotten to the core okay like like <laughs> like like truly like I, i'm not arguing that but the thing about rinna yeah. is she knows her job like she owns up to that and i think that more than any other housewife in 
any franchise, mm. Rinna is tied to the interests of Bravo, which is a different kind of evil, you know? She's tied to the interests of Bravo and carrying the drama of the show and really knows how to do it well. And, she, and I think she still does it with her personal beliefs in mind. So what I saw go down in this interaction, very different from how you saw it went down, is that mm-hmm. Rinna has long hated Kathy or that maybe the Hiltons in general or something. I, mm-hmm. It feels like Rinna has maybe ha- like not liked Kathy for a little while. Jealousy maybe a little bit. Jealousy maybe a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, her, you, just as you said, really you know, using her opportunity to exploit Kathy's behavior, Kathy found a shred of sympathy from me when she started crying and telling us that she was a triple cancer. I was like, girl, triple cancer? Like, whew. Like, God bless you for even, like, standing up right now. Like, triple cancer has got it down bad. I've dated a triple cancer, okay? Y'all are, you know, emotionally tried people, and I empathize with that. But did you notice that she was saying, I'm a woman in pain, I'm a woman in pain, she's having a meltdown. And then Rinna just does not, as you said, does not react, does not give in to what I feel Mm. is often a very easy tactic for white women to use when they are in trouble is to cry. And she didn't, she didn't do anything. And then Kathy immediately stopped crying. Immediately. Did you notice that? It was like, it was like as if she could turn it off. And, and that to me, and sure, it could be editing or whatever, but I was just like, that just like says everything for me. I think I've seen Dorit do a version of that. Like, I do not trust white women tears. I, I, I can find empathy for women in pain. I definitely think that Kathy is in pain. And I 100% agree that this is a sad and toxic cycle of the sisterhood of, you know, the Hiltons, Richards, etc. cetera. Um, but nah, I just don't fuck with Kathy anymore. I, okay, I didn't want her to be part- like this either. Like, I loved her. I didn't want her to be like this. But. I think this is so interesting because we are on total. I'm yeah. like kind of obsessed with the fact that yeah, we have yeah, yeah. very, very different takeaways. Yeah. I honestly, if I knew someone was coming at me and was going to try to punish me and make me look like a fool uh-huh. or worse, make me look like a bad person, literally saying you have a black heart, I'm not going to give them anymore. I'm going to open up because maybe... I'm in like a state of up of genuine upset and uh, absolute discomfort that that will produce tears and maybe there's other stuff going on. But if I have someone mocking me in pain, I'm not going to cry anymore. I'm going to shut down because what they want is to me to continue to experience potentially very real emotion and then make fun of it. So to me, her trying to open up to Rinna and saying, this isn't a psychotic break. It was a tantrum. I'll be at a tantrum with history and tension that continues to lurk. And that person says, no, you're, you're bad. I'm not going to give them anymore. And I also think from the perspective of permission slips, Rinna has written herself a fucking Hilton-sized check of whenever I do bad, when I scream at Sutton, which isn't from a place of love, that has, to me, a lot more vested tension from the perspective of, like, housewives relationships 
not like the sister, which is a whole other fucking universe, but like mm-hmm. there's stuff there that Rinna's refusing to acknowledge because her mom died. So mm-hmm. she is saying to everyone, I am giving myself permission mm-hmm. to act poorly. And oh, you yeah. don't get to say a fucking thing. You better <laughs> not even remember it. And here she is looking at a woman who's saying, don't you have compassion for me? And she's saying, you're gaslighting me. And I don't believe Rinna in that moment. I believe Kathy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we have to talk about that moment earlier this season where Rinna fully, fully, Scream. like, screaming, losing her, sc- losing her mind at this dinner, screaming at people. And then 180, she's like, my mom died, and that's why I'm being such a horrible person right now. I was like, that is, like, a comic, comical deflection. But again, like, similar to Kathy, like, I'm sure she genuinely thinks that she's in pain and that her pain is the reason she's being horrible. Like, it, it, it's, it's... That's that's a perfectly fine excuse. And I think that your take of that scene of Kathy being like, I'm no longer going to give you this emotional vulnerability is totally viable. And, and I could believe that too. I think I'm just less willing to believe it because she has, I don't know. I, I just, it's just, it didn't, that's just not how I, 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 Went, a, went away from it. But, um, you know, Lisa's, Lisa's a shit stirrer and she's victimizing, she's needlessly victimizing herself in this, I think. And I think she's also stirring it to a degree that Kyle doesn't really want it to be stirred. Like, Kyle's clearly uncomfortable with the whole situation, but, like, is also pretty, has, like, a, I think a, an allegiance to Bravo and to, to making sure that this is a storyline. And so, I don't know. I, I, I think that there, there's a lot that's going down. But actually, as someone who consumes the on and offline of Housewives, is there anything that should be explained about, um, like, Hilton's tequila versus the Jenner's tequila? And, like, like, is there any baggage or history in the tabloids that I've, like, missed or something? I don't know anything about the tequila except from what I have heard and has been told to me. 818 tastes like sugar or something. It's I, like a, have you tried it? I went to an 818 launch party where all the Jenners and Kardashians were um, a, a few weeks ago. Um, oh, my God. I honestly, all I had was the mezcal. I remember thinking like, well, this is mezcal, <laughs> you know? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 but I'm not like a, a connoisseur of alcohol, so I can't really vouch for the quality. Um, and I've never tasted the Hilton's liquor, but I just thought it was, and I also am not a Kardashian Jenner stan. I actually, like, when I was there, fully bumped into like either Kendall or Kylie. I can't remember which one. And, and then someone was like, that was Kendall slash Kylie or whatever they said. And I was like, oh, really? Like, I had no idea. Um, oh like, some God. of these girls are literally just like burnettes to me on the street. Um, <laughs> Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. 
It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible, memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a Top Chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. Uh, but like, uh, but I, you know, but my point is like, I, 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 there was a lot of, there was a huge um, emotional weight put on that um, by Kathy. And it, I thought it was really interesting that that was the beginning of her break. 
Um, and you know, the use of the term, I don't really, black heart, like that's just like, you know, that to me is needless hyperbole that makes great um, reality TV, whatever. But I think psychotic break could potentially be an accurate term. And Are I, you kidding me? Yes, yes. And I, yes. And I think psychotic, I didn't see what happened. But le- so like, I don't know. But like for me, the, the, the failure in this discussion is that the term psychotic break is being used by Lisa in the pejorative, right? Yeah, she's that's say, true. She's that's saying true. psychotic break in that you're fucked up and you need help. That's mm. pathologizing. That's stigmatizing towards people with like who, who live with a, a, a range 100%. of neurodiversity. Having a psychotic break is something that a lot of people experience in their lifetime but don't actually know that they experienced because mm. we are unwilling to own up to what we go through on the mental mm. health level. And I think the fact that Erica is, I think honestly, so Erica and Kathy are going through something really similar, right? They both refuse. They're both unable to see past their own livelihoods and privilege to own up to their complicity or direct harm in a situation. The diff- Erica is in therapy. Kathy is not. And I would bet that Kathy is one of those wealthy people, as a lot of wealthy people are, that believe that therapy is something that people do when they are messed up. You know what I mean? Like, there's a whole class of wealth and uh, a whole class of people that, do, that think that if you go to therapy, you're a failure. You know what I mean? And I didn't, I wish I could have heard more about what Kathy would have said in reaction to the psychotic break comment. But I, from her face, she definitely was like, this woman is sl- like absolutely slandering me. And like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that that's my take. I, I don't think either of them are kind of in the right here, but that's how I felt about it. I mean, I'm the only one in my family that saw it uh, significant, I would say, like s- serious in terms of like consistent um, mental health support. Mm-hmm. Um, my I don't come from extreme wealth or anything like that when it of course you know there are different ways to look at privilege but from a financial aspect I wasn't born into like the life of luxury but I think that there was the perception in my family that um pain and discomfort are bearable yeah you know that like there are certain things that you can and maybe should bring with you that you just internalize and so while I'm sure from the purpose of, from the perspective of privilege, I'm sure that's a part of it. I also think that there is a core deep sense within the Richard sisters that you don't discuss what's going on. You mm-hmm. don't acknowledge it. You just have yeah. these like tiptoeing around stuff. And I think a part of that is why Kathy exploded connected to the tequila stuff because she's an inv- this isn't her company she's an investor in it and also her daughter is mm-hmm. which i think was probably what pissed her off more she felt like her daughter was being disrespected by how the women including her sister made light of mm. her trying to sell product on the show yeah. and not doing it in a way that was successful <laughs> and also some of these women seeing a way to press her buttons. Okay, if she wants to sell stuff, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's a friend of getting paid a bajillion dollars. 
we're going to put her through her paces, maybe in a way we wouldn't with each other, but this is her initiation season two is to like not drink her stuff, to make fun of it, to make fun of her clothing, whatever else. And of course that's connected to her meltdown because I think she felt like they were treating her like she, she, she was made to feel maybe like she didn't belong or like she was the punchline. And that led her to flip the fuck out and say a lot of, stuff that was like mean and derogatory about these women and their own values and her relationship maybe with the powers that be she could have genuinely referenced that um i don't believe rena's exact language which she seems to have like a clairvoyance of thought and memory about the semantics used in a way that I was like, wow, but you don't remember saying Kim was going to die, but you will have a fucking script memory. I mean, like, <laughs> this is the soap opera of my oh, like, my god! Of. Wait, oh my God, I forgot when she said she forgot. <laughs> she literally no. said, I don't remember saying that at, by the way, a fucking event in Mexico I remember where that. Kyle was having, I feel like there was some sort of branded tequila moment yeah, there too, yeah, but I, I might I be remember. misremembering, but I mean, Rina has said and done an awful lot. So if we're going to talk about the idea of breakouts and breakdowns, what Rina has done, I think that's worse than lunging at Kim with mm. the vessel of a of like bro- broken shards of glass in Amsterdam or whatever the fuck she was doing. I actually think saying Kim was going to die is like more violent to me oh. than Rinna's they're, they're both really horrible. Yeah. But they're, I, I, but I like, could agree with that. I could agree with that. Yeah, for sure. You know, but short term memory loss, apparently when Kathy has it or doesn't have it, but maybe has it, that's an example of her terrible character. But when Rinna has it, well, that's just life. Yeah, and Rinna does get a, a hall pass in a lot of ways because she she generates so much so much storyline for the show, and I, it is definitely unfair. Um, yeah, I don't know. I when I think about kind of um, like I don't know the, the meltdown that Rinna described. I, I'm sure details are being lost, but I do believe. The, oh, I think the, I, yeah. I believe yeah, yeah. the general sense of whatever what everything that she's saying. I think Cassie, Kathy lost her damn mind, and I think it got worse at the house than it was at the club. It honestly sounds worse than Lisa Barlow's hot mic moment. Like that to oh me. Oh my god, so much. Well, because yes, it was physical. Yeah. Lisa Barlow is just like you're fucking a lot of people. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, and so like, but but and so like, I'm thinking. I don't know. I'm just thinking about like the grand scheme of that, and like, I think. Um, so there was something, I believe it was Doree, I can't remember, but there was some confessional moment alluded to the fact that the Hilton, or maybe it was Rinna, they were like, the Hiltons are really powerful. Like, you don't yeah. fuck with the Hiltons. Yeah. Um, and I think you can smell that on all the other girls. You can smell it on Crystal. You can smell it on a lot of people that I think do not want to talk about Kathy, do not want to accuse Kathy of anything, even though they know that Kathy is shitty. Um, I, I feel like I'm detecting some of that energy. Uh, Crystal, I think, is kind of a flop, unfortunately. Like, she is, like, mm-hmm. one of my favorite personalities to have ever come through the show, but her actions just do not line up with the things that she claims a lot of the time, and I hate how the women treat her, but I also wish that she had the language or fluency to stick up with, stick up for herself or, or help these women understand that like what they're doing is racist or like what they're doing is problematic or like whatever. Like I, 
yeah, I just like want her to be a voice in the show at all. And I think that she, especially in this moment of Kathy, has proven to be like a little spineless or or maybe, I don't know, maybe there's something else happen behind, happening behind the scenes that I'm not seeing, but damn, I, I really want more from her. <laughs> I think she might not have the temperament that we want to see more people have on Housewives, yeah. especially in reaction to like Rinna and Erica, I would say. Like, yeah. I think Crystal says things that I agree with. I was honestly genuinely surprised that someone referenced Michael Jackson being problematic. I didn't think that was going to happen. And for her to say that, I was like, oh my God, I was actually like shocked. Which, I was like, oh my God. Can we also say like for the record, like playing Michael Jackson at a party is not problematic. I'm sorry. Like Michael Jackson's contribution to pop culture at writ large is omnipotent. Like pop music as we know it is influenced by Michael Jackson. There's no way to erase him from history. I am one of those people that feel like you can separate art from the artist. The thing about Kathy that's problematic is not the fact that she requested the song. It's the fact that she to this day probably thinks that Michael isn't a pedophile. Well, I, yeah, that's I think that's exactly it, is that Kathy is not requesting the song. She wants to hear the song. She's requesting the song to my cl- My dear friend. Right, my dear that, close personal friend, Michael Jackson. Is, I do think, like, reference... I do think that there's an element here of, like, referencing him in the way that Kathy is that is problematic. I just... I, yeah, sure, I sure, don't, sure, yeah. Because it's not being done because you're... She's doing it for a reason. It's so interesting she's doing it for a reason when the cameras aren't there. Like, I think that is well, something it, that she would do. But the, but the thing is, she has brought up Michael Jackson when the cameras yeah. are on. So that's she... True. It's almost as... And that's the, I think that's the case with like this Lizzo Precious thing. I think that's the case with the Michael Jackson thing. And I think it's the case for what's happening right now. Like it's as if Kathy, because you, when you are in a certain kind of wealth that just protects you from the entire world, a, a, a protection you have designed, you've constructed on your, on your own. It, talking about Michael Jackson in front of the cameras with such ease to me, makes it seem as if she has missed out on the last 10 years of of culture. You know what I mean? She has missed out on all the conversations and work that we have been doing to help us understand why there is nuance to be had when we talk about Michael Jackson, nuance that she does not possess. Why are you expecting her to understand that? I don't expect her to understand that. Okay. But I do, ex- I, I, I don't, like, I, I don't expect, honestly, any of these women to understand it. But yeah. I do think that their silence show. I think that, like, you're like, oh, they're all so uncomfortable. Like, I think some of these women understand. You know what I mean? Like, even some of them know that Michael Jackson is bad. You know what I mean? I don't think Kathy, I don't, I think from the point in which Kathy got married young, had kids young, has had a bajillion dollars for a very long time. Kathy is in maybe the, but, but like the sturdiest bubble of any of these women. It's like almost impenetrable, Mm -hmm. which is probably why criticism that she's received has been to her possibly such a shock because she hasn't experienced that necessarily before in this way you know like there's been tension around her relationship with Paris I watched Paris Paris's YouTube docuseries I watched Paris in Love there's a lot of tension there around like a reckoning between mother and daughter about choices that Kathy made that she doesn't seemingly have capacity to acknowledge like processing the pain that her child experienced because of her decisions even under like 
you know, this is what I think I'm a, a, a good parent, a responsible parent would do and understanding how that greatly harmed her child. Mm-hmm. I, I, she doesn't have capacity for it. She doesn't seem to need to process it. Yeah, she doesn't. Yeah, which she doesn't like, so that's not from the like perspective of surprise. It's super not surprising to me. The Rinna element, though, like, I understand it's I have really grappled with this in the last 24 hours, like, noting that Rinna has been one of the most successful housewives in terms of producing drama, content, sometimes relishing in being seen as a little bit of a villain and being a very successful one. She's given us a lot of moments, and I'm not going to take that away from her, but I felt like she was exhibiting... There was a gleefulness here yeah. in her ugly. exhibiting. It was very ugly and mean-spirited. And she was like, there was a phrase that I wrote down because I was like, fuck, you are fucking angry at this beautiful sister of yours. And then you're not going to get away with it. Where I was like, this is the price that Kathy knows she has to pay because she exploded. And I get that. But what Rinna is doing is so obvious that it became very difficult for me to watch Kyle sustain it. Like if Mm. we're going to talk about, you know, why don't you people seek therapy and mental health because there's a certain kind of like discomfort that people believe they're responsible for carrying Kyle's expectation of the discomfort that Kathy, she believes Kathy is responsible for carrying Mm -hmm. versus Kyle in that moment was very tough Mm -hmm. to watch. It was very tough, especially, I know this is dumb, but like Rinna using the phrase like beautiful sister, I was, I was kind of, it was, it was so obviously fake, but it's also so harmful that if we're going to pretend this is like a healing or accountable conversation, so you can treat your sister better. If you loved this person, you wouldn't be saying this stuff to your sister, like to her yeah. sister. You're you're saying I, I actually think it's like huge that she said she had a black heart. I I, I was I, when she said it out loud. I never watch Housewives ever live. And I watched oh, wow. BH and SLC live and was and I literally was like, did she just say bla-, to my literally to myself? Did she just say black heart? Like I couldn't I couldn't believe it. There were moments that I couldn't believe but I just coming out of this, I'm like, fuck, man, like Rinna has given us a lot, but it just was really wrong. It was you, it was really wrong to yeah. me. It was wrong. I, I, I don't. Yeah. Like I said, L- Rinna, rotten. And I also <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> rotten. So there's something there's something going on that we're not seeing because Rinna very clearly has a dog in this fight. And mm. when she ordered that 818 tequila, she knew for a fact that it was going to yes. piss Kathy off. And I, all, but she also, I think, you know, she's such a star fucker. Like, I think that she just, like, re- is really proud of being friends and in the circle of the Jenners and the Kardashians, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think she was, in her head, she was like, I can promote my friend's tequila and suck, up, friend. and suck up to them. And at the same time, make someone I already don't like very mad. So I'm going to do this. Like, she is orchestrating this. I 100% believe that to be true. Um, But she was still... What she asked of Kathy at the end of the day is still 
accountability. And and was she doing it in an evil way? Yes. Was she doing it in a very like, oh, you're so angry, Denise. Like, is she, you know what I mean? Like, she was doing it in that way. Yes. It was, it was evil. I also just like one of my favorite lines in the Housewives history. I thought, like, that, I thought that was better. I thought that scene was better uh, than that, this. That, well, well, that's because Denise is like, I think, more evil than Kathy Hilton. Um, but, uh, Shut up! <laughs> what? Really? This episode is never ending until <laughs> the rest of your I'm afternoon. So- <laughs> Denise, I, I mean, I just, I don't know. I just think that, that that season in particular, I was just like, whoa. Like, Denise is so, has so much internalized homophobia that there, to her eye, there's nothing worse than being in a relationship or being in a relationship with a woman, in addition to the fact that the reason she is trying so hard to lie about the fact that she ate Brandy's pussy or whatever is because she's married to this cult leader, conspiracy theorist, psychopath, psychopath, misogynist robot. Like, I'm sorry. The thing is, and, and I've, I believe this about every housewife, if you are married to this person, you are responsible for this person. And, and if you are married to this person, you are responsible for their belief systems. You know what I mean? That guy was the worst house husband in, like, housewives history to me. Like, aside from the one that killed himself. <laughs> Sorry. Um, like, I, I really, really, really hated, hated that, that guy. And I thought that it was, I thought Denise's behavior spoke a lot about, you know, who she was as a person, um, because I think a, a lot of who Denise was didn't actually show up on screen. You have to read between the you had to read between the lines on it. So your perspective was that it was about an internalized sort of societal um, discomfort around the idea of you know something happening between two women versus Denise having an open relationship or not having an open relationship and. Oh, I definitely don't think they have an open relationship. Like, yeah, neither do I. I thought that's where this was coming from. Oh no, 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 because she was uncomfortable with. No, I just think it's both. I just think it's both. I I think that I think that she is homophobic enough to make this like like for her. I I feel like her reaction to the entire saga was so outsized, and all she had to do was say. I ate Brandy's pussy. It actually meant nothing. I don't even like Brandy. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, to me, if if it had been, there, there are so many different ways that she could have handled it. And at the end of the day, I felt like the way she kind of short-circuited and freaked out for the rest of the season was very indicative of that, like that internalized kind of homophobia and also um, her allegiance to this really horrible, horrible man and her not wanting him to punish her for it. I completely agree on the latter as a cisgendered heterosexual white woman. (laughs) I couldn't really tell you an awful lot on the former, except that the jokes and things that Brandy was saying and that Lisa was saying, that Kyle was saying, and that Teddy, Joe, Carrot, Mellencamp was saying out loud to me spoke volumes about um, the ways that they view uh, relationships outside of their own experiences versus what Denise was internalizing. But I do want to shift gears. I know this yeah, is yeah. A, a delicate topic, but there are Please. many hot topics relating to Salt Lake City I, that I want to get your thoughts on. 
because from the perspective of like stakes and gosh, how would you even uh, superlatives, shall we say? There does seem to be a little bit of a competition on Salt Lake of who wins the prize for worst friend. <laughs> yeah, kind which of. is kind is going on a little bit. And I want to get your thoughts on the Salt Lake premiere and, you know, Meredith versus Lisa. <sighs> um, so I'm pretty sure Meredith Marks is now my number one. Yes, I'm pretty sure that Holy Meredith. Holy shit! I don't watch all the franchises, so I'm I'm not an expert. But I uh, I do. She is cur- like personally my num- <gasps> my number one. Yes, I think that she is such an amazing TV character. And the thing that I'm always attracted to, um, in like in like Housewives in general, is a fortitude and mm-hmm. an unwavering kind of like uh, an unwavering kind of reaction to the the world and drama around them. And mm-hmm. I think that was something that Erica did really well in her, mm-hmm. you know, golden years. And now I see Meredith doing it really well too. Um, Meredith, you know, I think has had two really bad fault. Like I, I think that her defense of Mary Cosby and all that shit is like so heinous and like almost like I, I really damning, absolutely hated that. Um, and, you know, I also think she has her I'm disengaging thing, which is iconic, is also annoying. It's like, actually, just like, have the conversation. Like, let's just like, be confrontational. Like, you can do this. You are a lawyer. You're smarter than every other girl here. Like, you can win out. Just have the conversation. But yeah, I think she's my number one. So I don't, th- I mean, Lisa also brought in, uh, I'll be really interested to see how it all goes down. Really weird to see Meredith hanging out with Jen. Did not I love mean, that. I mean, if you didn't love Meredith hanging out with Mary M. Cosby or defending her, what Meredith is doing in the press right now and seemingly IRL with Jen is diametrically opposed to the character study of herself <laughs> that she was giving us last season. It's a literal 180. Yeah. I well, is she? What is she doing in the press right now? She's she's attacking her again. She's like. No, she's like, Jen, everyone deserves a yada yada and like essentially innocent until proven guilty, including after guilty. Uh, And people deserve your sympathy and all of this other stuff. Uh, Meanwhile, she's saying that Lisa Rinna is a spiritual wildebeest, which like, how do we judge the two? Like what happens when you're more offended or more harmed by someone's direct behavior versus being a voyeur? And and understanding another person's illegal behavior, like what, like it seems like she's trying to do a temperature check mm. on the goodness of these these two people, and she has decided that of the two, Jen is the one who passes. Honestly, also, I mean, who she makes friends with is a dilemma. Like she started out being best friends with Lisa. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, if that that is that is actually a, an extremely negative character trait, and you telling me about her defending Jen online is actually really hurting my image of her. I did not know that. Um, uh, well, I guess I <laughs> have to reevaluate because that is I really, really don't. 
you can, I, I, I would support, if Meredith just wanted to be friends with her, I could support that. I cannot, I cannot support, like, she's an innocent kind of, like, Or she deserves our empathy, regardless of her uh, guilt, which is very different from Meredith last season when she was like, we need to focus on the crime. Now she's saying, we need to focus on the person. It's like, girl, you were in the bathtub, like, celebrating her demise. Like, that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a huge flip-flop. Damn, that's so disappointing. But I, I, I feel like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. Like, I, 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 I just like Jen is like so like such a like a like a a baby of a human being, and like she really cannot like see see accountability for her actions, and like really does think she she's convinced herself at this point she's innocent, even though she knows that she's guilty. Um, yeah, I don't know. That that really sucks, honestly. Also, really disappointing to see Heather still clutching onto Mormonism. Really mm-hmm. disappointing to see Heather picking, fi- or rather, it's uh, in the previews that we're seeing. Like, I can't believe that Heather and um, Whitney have had a fight that has escalated to this degree when we never saw that between Heather and Jen. Like, Jen deserves to be yelled at. You know what I mean? And I feel like Heather only yelled at Jen, like, what, once? Like, did she even yell at her once? Like, it's like, I don't know. But I don't know what the drama is, so I don't know how how bad the infraction will be. I think it has something to do with, like, playing the game of Housewives, that, like, Whitney is being blamed for something. I don't know if it's leaking something. I don't think it's leaking something. But, like, Whitney is being blamed for information that maybe she got from Heather or something. Or there's some – I truly don't know, guys, so don't don't, um, take my word on that. But it is interesting to see Meredith hate Lisa more than she can – what would the word be? Oh my god, this is the f- I had a brain episode in the spring. Oh no, so no. I, like sometimes words are difficult. Um, then she can uh, uh, withstand. Yes, Jen. withstand. Yes, Thank you. Yeah, words yeah. are fun. Maybe um, a, a little bit, but like there is some sort of idea there of like, isn't Lisa the worst for saying this monologue versus? the very real things that are going on with Jen. Like the ways that we look for humanity or revenge are always really fascinating to unpack. Yeah. And I, but that's the thing is I do like Meredith when she's bad. So like my, like I, I do. And I like Lisa when she's bad. I, I have love, to say. I lo- and I, I love Lisa. I also love Lisa Rinna when she's kind of bad. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, um, and one of, I have to say like one of my favorite, favorite, favorite tropes is when any person goes, I could say blah, 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 but I'm not going to say it. Like, that's my favorite form of, like, insult dig. And I loved how Meredith did that. Like, I just, I love, love, love. That's, like, I I think comedically, comedically, it's just so deserved. Like, you know, but, um, yeah, I I don't know. It's interesting. And Whitney is also really interesting to me because she is simultaneously the Rinna she is now simultaneously the Rinna and the Kyle. 
of Salt Lake. You know what I Whitney mean? Whitney is? Yeah, for sure. I mean, she's definitely the Kyle, right? She's the protagonist. She is the confessional voice. She is involved in all of the drama and helps move it along and understands her assignment as a housewife. But now, I, I think I'm feeling the ways that she is moving, the, has moved the drama along and understands her responsibility in that the same way Rinna does. She's not doing it to the level that Rinna is, but I do think that now that Mary Cosby is gone, she, I think it's going to be her to be the one to like bring the confrontations together and to orchestrate the drama. But that's just like a, I don't know, maybe just a, 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 a prediction. Oh my God. Well, listen, to end on that note, it is giving a little bit of a Housewives to be continued. So Mm -hmm. you surely Mm -hmm. must come back ASAP also because I'm dying to get your thoughts on the reunion. Oh, yeah. Which starts in two weeks in BH. And when they get to whatever happened in Aspen and all this shit that preceded it, I am 1000% dying to get your perspective on Rinna's reaction to it. Yeah. I'm dying to I, get it. I think that we'll learn a lot about Rinna, and I, I hope that we that we will also learn more about who Kathy truly is by way of mm-hmm. how these other women react to it or treat it. Because when, again, this is another thing that we didn't talk about, but like Kathy's text messages to Rinna, I think are also very Mm. telling of who she is as a person and what she has been able to do with her wealth and power is like, it's so easy to subjugate and silence people um, when you're not Lisa Rinna, of course. Like you can silence anyone with enough money or with enough influence, except for Lisa Rinna, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, um, and and I felt like the thing, when she texted like silence is golden, you better keep your mouth shut or whatever, you know that's not the first time Kathy has sent that text message. Well, I mean, rule number one is don't get into a sprinter van with Lisa Rinna when you're mad. I mean, like there is, there are consequences regardless of how much you want to accept. Mistake number one, trusting Rinna. Let's be clear. (laughs) Yeah, and if I was Kyle, I would be wondering when my time is up. Listen, I could talk to you forever. I'm obsessed with your perspective. Can you tell the EGs a little bit about your pod and where they can follow you on social? Anything you got cooking? Yes, um, you can follow me at Fran Squishco anywhere you want on social media or just search my name, Fran Torado. Um, and I have an amazing podcast called Like a Virgin with my BFF Rose Damu, where we discuss the culture of the week and then we deep dive on a cult classic or a piece of pop culture that um, we want to revisit. And so, you know, we do talk about housewives. We talk about Bravo liberties and your, and your other kind of like gay faves. So if you want pop culture news from a queer trans perspective like a virgin is your girl i love that and guys are you ag patreon supporters you get exclusive bonus episodes invites to special zoom kikis and so much more there is a bonus app up now with a satchel of gold spectacular your thoughts and feels about all things Heavy on BH with a little bit of a Salt Lake City dash. Uh, Patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. Slide into my DMs. Let me know your thoughts and feels about Housewives, AG, everything else on Instagram at Dame Galley. Fran, thank you so much for coming back. Of course. On AG. This was a delight. This was like a little. I was 
into it. Yes. I'm into like a little, we had like a yes. little bit of a, this is what, you know, the Supreme Court is supposed to yeah. be like, feeling different feelings. Yes. Talking it out. I was here. But I love it. I'm, I must disclaim, I'm, I, I'm a, I'm a different girl. I, 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 I digest things very differently and I don't believe that my opinions are correct. You know, I just, that's just how I feel. And I love to hear other people's opinions. So um, don't send me death threats, but do send me your perspective, uh, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. I have to say, I think that's an incredibly emotionally intelligent and emotionally um, mature perspective and one that many of us can um, think of as goals. Because mm -hmm. I do think that, especially within, as we wrap, especially within the Bravo community, there is the idea that if you say something I disagree with, you're bad. Yeah. If you say something I disagree with, you need to be punished, you're wrong. And the ability to withstand discomfort and hearing people say things that you agree with but would communicate differently or disagree with is an incredibly important skill. Girl. And I would say if you're not getting that on AG, then I'm doing something wrong. So I really appreciate having voices that are not in agreement to my own bring their different perspectives because if that's not happening, I don't know what kind of conversations are continuing to exist, you know? So I really, really appreciate you coming on and being so honest and so thoughtful in sharing your opinions and views and in what you just said. I just think kudos to you. I, a girl, what you just said distills everything I wish I could have said much better. You know what I mean? Like, that is responsible stand culture. Like, to toxic standums are very retro. Like, just get with it mm. today. Other people's opinions are cool and awesome, and we need to, like, not demonize each other for having oppositional views. Not just with stand culture, but just, like, in this world, girl, if you are gonna, if you are gonna, you know, like, demonize other people just for having other opinions, you're no better than the oppressor, okay? So... I mean, it's something that we're all, many of us are working on. And so mazel of the day um, to you, to all the AGs for listening. And my goodness, we will certainly chat soon. Bye-bye.